just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Before we get into today's conversation, I have a quick favor to ask. CityCast is serving our listeners to help us make CityCast Salt Lake a better, more useful podcast for you. And we've got a short survey at citycast.fm slash survey. It's only five minutes long and it's all multiple choice. We timed it. When you take the survey, you'll be eligible to win a $250 Visa gift card. And in the interest of transparency, we need 100 people to do it. So I'm asking, will you please be one of them? That's citycast.fm slash survey. All right. Here is what Salt Lake's talking about. Summer has arrived, and across this city, people want to know, is the pool open yet? Listen, I don't think pools should be a luxury for the few. Let's all get wet. So what are the best options around town? And are we still in a lifeguard shortage? This is your ultimate summer pool guide by me, Ali Vallarta. It's Wednesday, May 31st. Lead producer Emily Means is in the host chair, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Host Ali Vallarta, it might surprise some people because of your love and deep knowledge of Salt Lake City that you are not actually from Salt Lake. You are from Florida. You are a Florida gal. Except I feel like... People who've listened to this show for a while are not that surprised because sure. I'm constantly just like, who, me from Florida? <laughs> you really want people to know you're from Florida. I mean, in a city full of stickers that say, tell your friends Utah sucks, I feel like owning my transplantness is kind of part of my MO here. That's beautiful, actually. Thanks. You know what? No gatekeeping this beautiful state. That's right. But as a Floridian, you have a deep love of pools. So tell me, <sighs> a Utah, why are pool uh -huh. parties so important? I mean, I've always loved pools, but in Utah in particular, one of the first things I noticed when I moved here in Salt Lake, it was the fall. So I did a winter and then summer came around and I was like, wow, this place gets really, really hot and really, really dry. And for being as hot and as dry as Salt Lake is, mm -hmm. there are just not enough places to get wet. I'm sorry. And I know what people will say is we've got reservoirs and that is technically correct. Though, I'll be honest, I don't really like swimming in reservoirs. Mm, because you don't know what's at the bottom? And, and like, they're full, first of all, for years now, they've been really low. So you're just like, what's in here is a, a, a spoonful of water and some motor and oil. And a giant okay? rock that you'll scrape and your knee on. a giant rock and some kid pee and like some floating beer cans. And I just, they're not really my bag. And we don't have a lot of rivers and creeks and streams that you can easily access and just kind of even put your feet in and cool off. And like in Salt Lake, there aren't that many ways to stay cool mm -hmm. in the summer. Like you can go sit in the library or the movie theater, but that's not as fun, right? Yeah. Did you grow up swimming, Emily? Definitely not. And actually, I am deeply afraid of the water. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're learning a lot about each other today. Um, yeah. No, but, and there were definitely no pools in my neighborhood. Like, people mm-hmm. in the suburbs of Layton do not have a pool in their yard. Or maybe they have, like, a blow-up pool from Costco kind of situation, which was nice. But, yeah, I think you're right. Like, there aren't a ton of bodies of water for us to enjoy, and we certainly do not have an ocean here. No, and, like, that's super funny to me because most places where you find the pools are the suburbs. Like, people move to the suburbs so they can have a pool. You know what I mean? And I do want to say just, like, one more thought on why pools matter. And I know this is, like, kind of silly, but listeners to this show know that I'm kind of silly. Having fun is important. It is an important part of life. And, like, a little bit of luxury, right? Like, a little bit of fun, like, the joy of cracking a Diet Coke and, like, laying by a body of water. Like, we all deserve to lounge. We all deserve to rest, especially in the summer, especially when it's hot. And I do think having fun is a human right. And that is another reason that I'm like, everyone deserves to pool party. Okay, and so... The practicality of a pool, though, is that (laughs) (laughs) great point about fun. But (laughs) one of the main (laughs) reasons why pools are so important is because, as you said, it's hot here. It's dry. This is a desert. And, Allie, when we talk about beating the heat, I think a lot about trees and, you know, the shade they provide, the other cooling benefits that they provide. And from the east side to the west side of Salt Lake City, you know, there is an inequitable amount of shade available. So I'm wondering, does Salt Lake also have a pool equity problem here? Preparing for this conversation, pool equity is something I thought a lot about. Because we, you're right, we talk about tree equity. Why don't we talk about pool equity? And so I would say, to answer your question right off the top at a quick glance, no. Hmm. Salt Lake City does not have pool equity. And if you even just look at a map of our county pools and splash pads... Outdoor pools or splash pads are concentrated on the east side. Like, in one sort of area of the east side, you have clustered Liberty Park Pool, Cottonwood Heights Pool. You've got Steiner, right? Mm -hmm. On the west side, you can go down to Taylorsville. I consider that not... Well, Well, that's the... Taylorsville residents are going (laughs) to at me, but I'm like, that's kind of the southwest side, okay? You can go to West Valley. There's a county facility in West Valley. Or you can go to Magna. You can drive all the way out to basically the West Desert, Magna, which, by the way, I love Magna, and that pool is awesome. But that's really far. And one of the reasons, to your point, that it matters that we don't have pool equity is that the West Side, being the place that has less pools and splash pads, also the place that has less shade, runs hotter for multiple reasons. It's lower elevation. There's less irrigation. There are less trees. We should mention that the new Glendale Regional Park which is currently, you know, wheels are turning on that after Salt Lake residents voted for the Parks Bond, which is going to be a big piece of funding it. It's going to have a pool. I mean, it had better because it's replacing the Glendale Water Park, Raging Waters. But that thing's not going to be open. I mean, the pool is in phase two, so we can maybe not see that pool until as late as like 2026. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is right now there are not a ton of options for people uh, to find a place to cool off in their neighborhood on the west side. Yes. And I think when we talk about pool equity, too, like if we zoom out from just the location of a pool, I think it's important to also acknowledge that when we talk about accessing pools in this city, baseline here, pools are a luxury. 
And I think it's a luxury that everyone should have access to. But like they are a luxury. They are seen as a luxury. And when we talk about going to pools in the city, something that comes up a lot is the idea of sneaking in. Mm. And like the very idea of sneaking into something is a privilege, right? It's less risky if you're white, if you look like everyone else at the pool, if you look like that could be your neighborhood. Like sneaking in is all about the privilege of fitting in. And so an important piece of pool equity is also just thinking about whether or not someone feels like they do belong at a pool. Mm -hmm. Because just because you open the door to something doesn't mean people are going to come or that they're going to feel comfortable there. Mm -hmm. And I would like to think that we can foster, like in this city, we can foster environments where everyone feels comfortable swimming. And on that note, I think, Emily, as young women, we have to talk about body positivity. Oh, woof. <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, an important piece of pool equity is body positivity. Like, do you feel comfortable at the pool? Because, like, every spring we go through this, like, time to radically transform your body and time for summer sort of, like, narrative and media, right? So I think that that is, like, we should – we can all be a part of making pool season fun for everyone. But I also think, like, I mean, this is a city that really bows to athletes and outdoor recreation, and I feel that sometimes people might be surprised to find, because I'm from Florida, you would think that where I grew up, that there was more sort of like body shaming or insecurity. I actually have found more of it here because right. I think it's heightened by the fact that our recreation culture is so intense mm -hmm. and there's a lot of pageantry around it. And that can, I think, also make the pool situation a little bit more intense. Yeah. Allie, let me tell you a story. <laughs> One time okay. I was so hot. I, it was probably when I had rented my very first apartment here in Salt Lake City and I had like no AC, like you said. Um, and so I was like, I have to get to a pool. I just have to do it. I can't stand it yep. any longer. So I went to the Liberty Park pool and I was kind of surprised to find that I had to pay to get in. And getting to your point about sneaking in and like who can sneak in, do we think that public pools should be free? Is that a radical idea? No. I mean, parks are free to enter. The library is free to enter. Should the pool be free? Yeah. Or at least a sliding scale, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least make scholarships available. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, look, I understand that pools require a lot of maintenance, right? It's like the old adage that nobody wants a boat, you want a friend with a boat. I think in some ways pools are the same. They can be a nightmare to maintain. But yeah, of course. I mean, like, I absolutely think that there should be, if not that like pools are basically always free or that our county pools are always free and maybe in the summer. But you know how like Emily in Salt Lake, we have those like red air days where the tracks are free. Mm -hmm. Like when the air quality is particularly bad, public transit is made free. Right. I think it would be nice if like if we have days where we had a certain temperature, right, or a certain like humidity level that then pools are free. That could be sort of like a way of Getting our feet wet, if you will. <laughs> well, we'll never hit any level of humidity ever. But yes, yeah, so I think the true. temperature threshold is is a good one to measure. 
Yeah. Or even just like there's days, right? Like, you know, some of our museums first Saturday of every month is free at the UMFA. Mm -hmm. Like something like that could be a really nice way to make people feel more welcome. Yeah, for sure. So, Allie, how do we create pool equity? We've got all of these different factors involved. Location, price, how comfortable you are with your body. How do we create pool equity? I mean, I think it requires a lot of pieces. You brought up one, which is policymaking, right? It's like more pools, cheaper pools, acknowledging as a city, as a county, as a state, that this is a way for people to stay cool and stay safe, right? Like Mm -hmm. heat is dangerous in our city. And so I think there's some policymaking that needs to happen to increase access. And then I think From a social perspective, like it's on all of us to be kind and to, I think, acknowledge that like how we look at each other, how we welcome each other in spaces, the assumptions that we make about each other. And, you know, I mean, to your point, you don't even like water, right? I like to dip (laughs) my toes in. (laughs) Yeah. But I might have assumed that you do. Right. Yeah. And so I think, I mean... That's just like good old fashioned community building is just be kind. But like, I think in the simplest terms, if you're at a pool, don't stare. Don't stare at people. That's like lesson from your mom 101. Just like don't stare at people's bodies. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you wanna learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. 
Okay, Allie, you are our resident pool enthusiast. And so <laughs> you have agreed to make a, a short list for us of the best pools in Salt Lake. Where should people yeah. be swimming this summer? Okay, this is my uh, not so official mini pool register. Ready? Ready. I've got three categories, and then I have a surprise fourth category for you because oh, I'm you're always you doing surprises. this. <laughs> okay, first category public pools. Best public pool in the city? I'm saying it's Steiner, also known as the Salt Lake City Sports Complex. <laughs> and that is up on the east side by the U. Got it. And here's why I like it. Huge pool. It's got lap lanes. It's outside. It's sunny if you want to tan. But there's also this like big grassy area. So on a really busy day, even if every lawn chair is full, you can throw it on a towel Ooh. and lay in the grass. Yeah. And there's a big, there's a tree there, so you can catch a little bit of shade. That sounds great. So I think Steiner's kind of got something for everyone. All right. Number two. Moving on. Private pool category. These, I would say, are the buildings you need to make friends in. <laughs> Fourth West, if you want to party, get there at like literally 8 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm not kidding to you. I can't. Okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> you and I live different lives. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it is, there are cabanas, it's beautiful, there's a hot tub, there's views, but like it is where the party is. And so if you want to have a seat, you got to get there early. Carlton Towers in the avenues has a rooftop pool. And then I would say South Valley condos broadly. So like South Salt Lake, Brickyard, Sugar House, where we're seeing a lot of these like kind of condo developments they often have ground level pools, which I'll say this with a wink and a nod, are good for fence hopping. Okay. Uh, CityCast does not condone trespassing on private yes, property. Yes, that's right. And <laughs> side effects may include getting arrested. <laughs> and then the third category, somewhere in between, I'm calling it. These are the public-private Pools. So, like, technically they're open to the public, but you have to be a member, okay. which makes them private. We've got the Northcrest Swim Club in the Avenues. Have you even ever heard of this place, Emily? Nope, sure haven't. There is a one-time $2,400 <gasps> membership fee and a wait list that is, like, generations long to get in. What? That is incredibly exclusive. It is a tiny pool in the upper avenues that no one even knows exists. But if you go find it on Google Maps and go to satellite view, you can see it. What makes this pool so good? Who do they think they are? It's just, it's quiet. Uh, it's quiet, right? Sometimes that's what you And then you've for. also got the JCC, the Jewish Community Center. They've got a pool, got to be a member. And it's, again, I'm pretty, there might be a wait list there. I'm not sure, but I know it's not cheap. And then, of course, Edison House, which is, for anyone who isn't familiar, it's recently popped up in Salt Lake. I would say Edison House is kind of a barometer for the changing Salt Lake. It's our Soho Club, in essence. It is like a members-only club that's got multiple restaurants and bars. They've got a pool. They've got a gym. But you got to be a member of the Edison House to get in there or have a friend who is a member, mm -hmm. which they have a lot of members. So... You might know someone. Um, but that's sort of, those are your options for the like somewhere in between public-private situation. Okay. And if if the pool's really important to you, if you're like, I will do anything to get to the pool, then like you can go ahead and get on the list for any of these places, but you're going to have to fork out some dough. Mm -hmm. And on that note, here is 
the fourth sort of category. And I actually learned about this this morning, which is, have you heard of Swimply? No, I have not. Swimply? Like simply, Swimply. but swim. Uh-huh. Got it. It sounds like it would be one of our cookie delivery <laughs> companies, right? Delivering poolside. Yeah. But what Swimply is, is Swimply is basically Uber for pools. It's a national app. And it has taken off in other parts of this country. It is very recently in Salt Lake City now. Mm. So I downloaded Swimply, S-W-I-M-P-L-Y. Uh, this is not an ad for Swimply, to be clear. But I downloaded Swimply. I looked up Salt Lake City for four guests. That's what I looked up, okay? And I found 25 listings. Oh, really? And so these are private homeowners that are like, we have a pool. It might just be basically a hole in the backyard filled with water. It might be like a gorgeous indoor lap pool in Park City, but you can rent it hourly. So you put in the number of guests, you put in whether you like want to bring a pet. You can even put in whether you want to have a party, <laughs> like full on throw a party at the pool. And it will bring up all these different listings. And they range from like $25 to $50 an hour, which frankly, if you split it with friends, right? Like that's what you're paying to go to Steiner anyways. And suddenly you're like up in Cottonwood Heights with a view. But in cities where this is really taking off, I will say, as you can imagine, similar to Airbnb, it is leading to neighborhood wars. So I will be curious to see if that's in the forecast for Salt Lake as Swimply grows more popular here. Maybe a couple summers down the line, we might see the city council discussing it. It could be an agenda item one day. I don't know. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, technology has come so far, Allie. There's something Honestly. for everyone. All right. So we've laid out all these potential pool options for folks. But one of the things that really hinders our ability to access pools is whether lifeguards can staff them and make sure people don't drown in the pool. Yep. And last year we saw a lifeguard shortage that led to the closure of some pools or they had to cut Brutal. hours. So, Ali, what's our lifeguard situation like in Salt Lake County for this summer? Yeah, last year was a record hot summer, and I feel like all anyone was talking about was the lifeguard shortage. So I called Callista Pearson, the public information officer for Salt Lake Parks and Rec, and I said, Callista, happy Memorial Day. What's the deal with lifeguards? <laughs> Straightforward. <laughs> and she told me, so it takes about 1,400 lifeguards to keep every public pool in Salt Lake County up and running normal hours, okay? Memorial Day weekend last year, we were short 850 lifeguards, wow. roughly. I know. This year, we are short about 300. Okay. So we're still in it, technically in a lifeguard shortage, but it is not nearly as extreme. We're in a much better position than last summer. And something she told me that it's important to keep in mind is they do a lot of their recruiting, of course, is of younger people, high school students. It is the ultimate summer job mm -hmm. for a high school student. And she said that part of their recruitment like strategy is acknowledging that most high schoolers won't even think about what their summer job is going to be or apply for one until the Monday after the last day of school. <laughs> and school is just barely wrapping up. And actually, in some parts of Salt Lake County, school's not out until June 9th. 
So they anticipate that like they might not even get some inquiries from their regular high school crowd until the Monday after, which is why some of our pools, for example, Liberty Park Pool, it's going to be the last one of the last pools in the mm. county to open. It's not going to open till June 9th because Liberty Park is often staffed by high schoolers. Huh. So, I mean, I asked her, I was like, okay, what is the recruitment plan here? Because I'm still hearing that you're short. And she said, you know, they're offering much more competitive pay. Again, this is the labor story that we're hearing across every sector right now, right? We're offering much more competitive pay. We've started paying for training. We're offering referral bonuses. They're doing these just try it events where if you are a lifeguard, you can like bring a friend and they basically have a pool party and you get to like try out lifeguarding and see if you'd like it. (laughs) Because they are so desperate, one of the things they've also embraced is like ultimate flexibility like they've got lifeguards that are working four hours a week they've got lifeguards that only work one day a week like they are extremely flexible with hours which can you imagine managing a schedule of like 40 teenagers who are basically all just want to work for like three hours a week (laughs) like I whoever the managers of that schedule I wish you the absolute best this summer. Let me know what I can do. I'll send a gift card. The Salt Lake County Council will work a raise into their budget for you. (laughs) Yeah, they'd better. But yeah, they they also said, I mean, I think that part of the reason we're kind of coming out of the lifeguard shortage as well is that recruiting for anything was just really hard during the pandemic. Like getting the word out about stuff was hard. Well, Allie, for anyone who's listening, maybe a bored high school student or someone else uh, who might want to lifeguard, what are the quick details? Okay, here's what you're going to have to do to basically audition to be a lifeguard. You're going to have to swim 100 yards. You're going to have to pick up a 10-pound brick from the bottom of the pool and bring it to the top. And you're going to have to tread water for 30 seconds. After that, you go into a training program where you'll learn like how to use the equipment. You'll learn resuscitation. The pay is between $14 and $18 an hour. And the minimum age is like 15. And these are young people with a lot of responsibility. So I don't know if you see a lifeguard by the pool, like maybe thank them. Because all I'll say is one time someone had a heart attack at the county rec center where I worked out. And I watched a lifeguard use a defibrillator to save that person's life. So in some of these facilities, like the lifeguard is not just there in case of drowning. They might be the closest thing to a medic at a county facility. The stakes are very high. And uh, that's a lot of, that heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. So offer a thank you and maybe like a re-up on their sunscreen application. I don't know. Ali Vallarta, pool reporter for CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you so much for your time and information. You bet. If you do want to look into lifeguarding, first of all, thank you for your service. You can walk into any county rec center to inquire. You can also apply online. I put a link in the show notes. The county told me that if they don't have enough lifeguards and do need to close some pools or limit hours, they're going to prioritize keeping the outdoor ones open. And in terms of which pools get closed, well, lifeguards tend to pick where they want to work. So it's kind of a mixed bag. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Please don't forget to take that listener survey at citycast.fm slash survey. We just need 100 people to get it done, and I know that you can be one of them. Thank you. Thank you. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.